Whoa! Oh. Ah! Uh, oh. It didn't explode, it just I fell. Just, oh, are we recording already? No, we were. Yeah, no, this is recording. Alright, that's okay. the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I already paused it, I already paused it. Now you're starting to record. But this one's recording now. No, let's just let it go. This is a good uh, soft start. Okay. Hey, we just spilled liquids all over the carpet. I actually meant to do that because now I have room for the Chardonnay. Welcome to the Boys Podcast. <laughs> Chardonnay. Boys Club. My, my name is Oliver, and I... <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And I, uh... Come in closer. Just, it's like, think of it like a cone. Yeah. Not a cone, a... Cardioid. Right? So Cardioid it's shape. It's like a cone that fans out. So my name's Oliver. I am <laughs> a. Oliver's gonna keep us. Let's see. On track. <laughs> I work at a veterinary hospital right now. I worked for a while in a uh, Thank mental you for your hospital. Service. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a degree in psychology and neuroscience. I worked at a mental hospital for a couple years. Oliver thinks he worked in a, a mental institution for two years. <laughs> Every morning Actually, he said, good morning, Dr. Good morning, Oliver. Dr. Come yeah. this way. We should introduce ourselves. Oliver, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Uh, my name is Jimmy Gable. I started a DIY film company with my boy Dan here. Hey. Yeah. Uh, and together we've been freelancing, hustling, doing the film thing. And we finally broke down and decided to try a podcast. That's not panned Take out. Film degrees and we're pivoting. Use a non-visual <laughs> medium. And we didn't talk about this before, but we've we've been doing these podcasts for years. We just never recorded them. Oh yeah. We just, right. <laughs> this right. is actually like episode twenty-seven now. We've just always forgotten to press the button. <laughs> uh, can't believe Maybe it's this gone. time will be different. This Fingers many times. We all met in high school. I think I met you before high school. Oh, that's I mean, right. We were like neighborhood yeah. kids. Jimmy was the bully. It's around the oh, block. Oh. And I was the new kid on the block. <laughs> uh, was I a bully to you? I think uh, Nick introduced you to me as a bully. He was like, that guy's a bully. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nick told you I was a bully. Yeah, so you wow. can work that out with him. I felt bullied by Nick, actually. That's funny. Yeah, I That's feel like bullying is probably like goes both ways. Cyclical. Goes around, comes around. It's a, it's a cycle of abuse. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Dan uh, came in from New York. New York. He was the cool New York kid. Actually, hey. I, yeah. <laughs> We're going to the fucking podcast. <laughs> My name's Dan. My family's from Italy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm Dan. All the stuff Jimmy said and... Now I live in San Francisco, where I am unemployed and depressed. Mm. <laughs> but just depressed enough to still like post about it, and it's trendy mm. depression, like yeah. Tumblr depression. It's cool depression. Not like social isolation, depression. Well, there's plenty of isolation. Not the unsexy kind of depression. Sure. <laughs> I feel you, man. I've been depressed for a long time. So. Yeah. No, that's like, you guys knew I was, I was diagnosed with major depression back in... High school? Major depression. In high school. Major, it's called major depressive disorder. It's a technical term, but it basically yeah. just means regular depression. Medical grade. <laughs> Weapons grade depression. <laughs> like, yeah. I spent all these years just thinking, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Who cares? Just yeah. kind of pushing through. Like, yeah. uh, like, like I'm happy. I'm really happy like, try, trying all these things like yoga, like changing my diet. And it wasn't until only like a couple months ago that I actually discovered an antidepressant. And it's like... 
night and day. It's fucking crazy. Wow. Like, I actually feel like, for the first time, I actually feel like this is how people should feel. I feel like this is what I look, when I look around and I see people who are happy, that's mm-hmm. how um, I imagine it to be. Wow. And you yeah. guys can probably tell a difference. You've seen me at my worst, you know, so. Uh-huh. You, see, you can probably I mean, tell. You always seem pretty, like, pretty grounded mm-hmm. in your own way. You You have an essence that's very unique, so it's hard to even compare you to anyone else. What's the antidepressant that it's called? um, Shit, I don't even know what it's called. Well, think of the name so we can get a sponsorship. Yeah, Yeah. Bupropion. This podcast brought to you by Dupropion. (laughs) With a B. With a B. Bupropion. Dupropion. Use discount code. (laughs) Dupropion. Dupropion. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of it. What kind of antidep- is it an SSRI? Uh, let's see. Let's look it up right now. My mom uh, recommended it to me because she's a psychiatric nurse practitioner, and she was always recommending me shit. And I was always like, "Shut up, mom! You <laughs> <laughs> I don't need shit. You're a woman. Uh, I don't care if you went weak. to <laughs> medical school. Um, My dentist was a woman today. She's a very good dentist." Uh, she was also very attractive as I was there with my mouth open with like it sounds like the start of a weird porn <laughs> yeah like a kind of like Your leaning over very here. dirty that's oh. a really bad look yeah <laughs> but totally sexualizing <laughs> a accomplished woman stuff. in medicine you said she was attractive <laughs> she probably intelligence was attractive I'm sapiosexual <laughs> sapiosexual nice would you ever do a uh, med stand would I ever yeah of course my mom recommended loads of medication to me too she just didn't actually have a any medical experience? I mean, I was yeah. ADD or HD, high def. You can't remember because your diagnosis. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. Poor I guy. Got distracted. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, I was a Ritalin kid, and then Adderall, <laughs> and it's been Adderall since. I just picture Ritalin kid as like a little trench coat wearing kid who is just. He's like... a school shooter, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was me. I got told that I looked like a school shooter once by a girl that I had a crush on. And you're like, damn it. Like, it was at Comic-Con. And we hung out briefly. <laughs> and then she was like, you look like a school shooter. <laughs> yeah, Which like, probably just joking. What? I mean, I kind of did look like you a don't, school You don't that's say kind that of to people look. who actually look like that's school shooters. Really, right, nobody would yeah. dare say that to a kid that you actually think <laughs> yeah. just yeah. up a school. Just that's because you dress up like yeah, Neo She was negging me. Yeah. Yes, that's true. I did dress as Neo every day of high school. So that'll do it. I wore Jimmy's mom's trench coat. and we did actually have the replica Matrix glasses in high we school. We did, yeah. That gives you a sense. Oh, of I remember uh, where we were. On we, the wait, we, only, <laughs> we only had one replica, yeah, and in order to them. make the other one look like like Morpheus's, I broke the the arms off to make them, you know, just oh, so the you nose could clip kind. Them on, yeah. The nose clip kind. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. That, that was the cool. mall kiosk. That sunglasses yes. mall kiosk. I worked at a mall kiosk oh, once too. I worked oh. at one of those Israeli mud beauty products places. Yeah. Yeah, I worked at one for about five days. I got paid ten dollars in cash in an envelope. <laughs> and they asked me never to come back because I was a for five terrible days of salesman. Work? Wow. Yeah. Because it was it's just all, all those guys just work on commission. That's and crazy. they rule at it. Like the Israeli guys that are like, yeah, yeah. let me touch your yeah, skin. Yeah. They 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 rule. Those like guys are bold. I literally was walking yeah. through the mall with giant noise canceling headphones on, like and they still came up to me like, hey, let me show you something. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? I went and talked with those guys for like about like 30 minutes. Oh, you're their worst yeah, nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, not going to yeah. buy anything. Not buy like, That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about like nature and have cells? Or... <laughs> blah, blah, yeah. blah. And we talked for a little bit. And then they're like, so about this lotion. And I was like, see ya. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Are there any animals that you hate? That you, I know you love all animals. <laughs> yeah. 
But I mean, like, is there one or that I'm just like? If you had all God's creatures in a row and you had to <laughs> shoot one, in the face. shoot one. I had to. In order to, I would yeah, shoot the shoot man making me the make this decision. <laughs> oh. Human, oh. the most dangerous. So, okay, is that wasp that like lays its eggs in? Ooh, wasps. Wasps. Mm. Yeah, wasps fucking dark. suck. Mm. I had a wasp nest in my front yard last year, but I was trying to not get rid of it because I was trying this new practice where I I don't get rid of any of the animals in my house. Like they have just as much of a right to be there as me. Yeah. In fact, mm. they were there before me. So I don't get rid of the cockroaches. No. I don't get rid of the ants. No. And there's big cockroaches down there in Albuquerque. Yeah. So, but I found out that the only, if you, if you, if you're going to live like that, you just have to be really cleanly and then it's not actually a problem. The ants go away by themselves. If you take away the source of the food, Mm. I would put food out and they would, they would have all the food they needed in my yard. So they didn't Mm. need to come inside. And it worked. Ended up getting a pretty good mutualism going. Like cockroaches have uh, enzyme in their stomach that they can pick up toxins in the environment and digest them. I would leave the spiders in my house, those cute little house spiders. They were all my friends. And uh, they got rid of, you know, if there was any excess bugs. Mm. And I didn't really actually have a bug problem. But the wasps, on the other hand, yeah, I had to, I had to include them in this whole practice because it was like it was an experiment i did eventually get stung by one of them while i was hanging up my my laundry mm-hmm. after i was done and this motherfucker came out and stung me while i was just beach ass yeah and then when when winter came around i got rid of their nests we uh <laughs> when we met the dalai lama humble break he said oh. that he sometimes lets mosquitoes have a little bit of his blood <gasps> that's where it started it yeah. just won't swallow he said that mm-hmm. i forgot about that I don't know if you told me that, because that was years ago, right? He also said that but, he gives them false hopes that when he squishes it, it's more satisfying. So he has a dark side, too. Yeah. You oh, what? Mm-hmm. The, There's got to be some more to this the story. The llama giveth and the llama taketh <laughs> away. <laughs> Jeez. I, I actually started doing that, too, on my road trip. I let mosquitoes bite me and finish, because then they'd stop bugging you. You pursue that which evades us. You have to let them out. But what about, like, West Nile virus? As soon as their freaking little beak touches... Your skin, yeah. Within the first microseconds, you got the virus. You already got the virus. No. So this here's an interesting uh, hypothetical. Imagine a world where mosquitoes could carry HIV from person to person. Yeah, that would be terrible. We'd all be dead really yeah. fast, <laughs> really quickly. There's a lot of scenarios that could end all life. Yeah. That are oh, we're we talking about like hovering on the. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, nature exists in that balance, right? Life and death. We're always gonna be like the snake develops the the venom. It gets mm. more and more poisonous, and the toad develops the anti venom. It gets more and more Potent. strong eventually. Yeah, right. I don't know if that's it the actual out. analogy, but yeah. We made the queen. That's what that's called, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. The principle of how defense mechanisms in nature, they keep moving to accommodate A higher threshold of life. Yeah, yeah. different. It's like, it's like antibiotics. Science thing. It's creating <laughs> superbugs. It's a book that I tried to read, and I only got a, it's like a chapter. Or two. Are you trying to brag that you read a, a smart book? I once book, read a smarty a pants book. book. <laughs> wow, I, once read a I actually pants. kept the book on the, the dash of my car for like two years. I remember that. Didn't you say that was a book yeah. about polyamory? No, no, no. Oh, that's well. Yeah, it's about like it's about like reproduction in nature. So there's implications about human relationships. Come on, girls, get it on. We're just animals. Yeah, Let's get you know, it on. Like stuff. <laughs> so. Do that. Too. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. I remember when I first heard that song, it really unsettled me. Yeah? As a kid who was a believer in uh, sex purity. I found that on Kazaa. 
back when we were wasps. Like he what tends is wasps? to again, I remember white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Wasp. We're all wasps here. You hate wasps. But I wasn't as your least favorite animal. Well, you yeah, you were like the atheist family, but I don't think it means your actual belief system. I think it's just like the cultural tradition that you come from. Mm-hmm. So you guys are probably, if you're like of European descent and not Catholic and not Jewish, you're probably a wasp. So yeah, resultantly, I, I had a different experience Default. with that song when it came out. Oh, yeah? I was just like, whoa, that's cool. And not, <laughs> like, not like, <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> that's going to happen. Yeah. It's a little different. But I remember thinking, you're right, you still have those um, values. Even though we weren't Christians, we still believe in sin and guilt. Yeah. And like things that like aren't actually endogenous to all cultures, but they rule our lives. Like They basically live in a Christian sin-guilt complex world you know, well, i feel like all, all cultures must have some form of good and bad if you think of if you think of humanity like one big organism keeping itself alive rather than its interests in keeping one person alive so i think that's where we get concepts of like morality mm-hmm. and like a sense of fulfillment i don't know have you guys ever thought about that like humanity is one big organism yeah definitely i don't know you guys ever you guys ever tried dmt you guys ever tried this <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Pause. Be and I'm back. We want, that, we want to hear that story. I was just talking about my experience with homeless people. I had one bad experience with the homeless guy. I got punched in the face. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You got punched in the face like Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think he thought I was, like, looking down at him. Something in my eyes <laughs> disturbed him. He was like, this guy needs to get punched. <laughs> And he got really confrontational right away. I was just like right in my face. And I was just trying to get back in my car <laughs> really fast because his friends were there too. And, I, and then in my hall, I was totally surrounded it. And I got punched in the face. And then I like had to like kind of drop kick the guy backwards so I could get into my car. That is the ultimate finisher move if you're fighting a homeless guy is to get into a piece of property that you own. What's <laughs> up? I got into my Dodge Neon. <laughs> I got for five hundred dollars and I had the crank windows. <laughs> trying to crank them up real fast, and he's like banging on the door. And then his friends start banging on my car, and I just ran through a red light to get away from them. It was yeah. right by that Seven Eleven, right? That's like the spot. The spot. Yeah. It, it was also like the Pokemon Go spot. Yeah. yeah. I, I got punched by a stranger downtown in. Oh yeah. Oh, that's time. right. Yeah. That was. It was weird. Was it a homeless guy? I don't know if he was homeless. It was like an Acacia Park guy. Uh, so like okay. he wasn't doing great. He was kind of young. Mm. He was really short and he had mittens on. So it was weird. It was a weird feeling. <laughs> oh, <he> didn't get, <laughs> didn't hurt At least he didn't have stitches, right? And it was just like right. Like it was less physical pain and more like we didn't know each other well enough for him to punch me. Yeah, yeah. it felt exactly the same yeah. as if he would have walked up and like kissed me on the lips. It's violating. Yeah. Like, it felt violating. Whoa, whoa. How yeah, like, dare you? We're not on that level. Yeah, we yeah. Establish a rapport yeah. <laughs> or lose rapport. Like, yeah, you just, you just walked up and punched me. Yeah, I, I remember. Did he say something about like skinny jeans? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I might have instigated a little bit. Oh, okay. They were making fun of my skinny jeans, and I turned around and I did like a like a crotch grab. Oh, oh yeah, they're tight. Come get it. And in. he was like. That's all the excuse I need to start a fight <laughs> in front of my friends. This was like, what, 2009 or something? When That's skinnies peak, were edgy? peak skinnies yeah. era. Yeah. Down in Albuquerque, everybody does that shit. 
That's I, like, I got in one fight and it was like hard work to get into that fight. Like there's definitely to, a state possible. of mind where you're like, I need to get into a fight. Yeah. And it's usually uh-huh. when your masculinity has been undermined in some way and you feel like, there's a, there was, I mean, there was like a period of time in like the late 90s when everybody was just pissed all the time. We we went a little too far into like like being pissed, being angry was in vogue. Cynicism. I mean, it wasn't even that philosophical. It was just like, yeah, I'm fucking pissed. Like Limp Biscuit. Yeah, give me something to break. I'm and, just, and that's where we are. Just pissed for the whole last half of the '90s. Yeah, I think you're gonna make a good point, though. Dan, sports. We talked about it last time. Sports yeah. are a safe, cushioned conduit for an outmoded instinct mm-hmm. toward tribal warfare. We yeah. still have you the wear your team's color and you yell, kill them. We still have the biology for it, right? Crush them. But we, the way we see it in America, since we're so afraid of actual physical contact, violence, anything like that, we'll watch movies about it all day, but there's this huge aversion to it in real life. It, it's true. Like <laughs> The theme of most of the media we watch is like guys solving problems through violence. And usually at the end, they blow something up. And that's how you solve a problem for good. Yeah, yes. and for some reason, a lot of people, neoliberals, think it's not okay to be angry. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that's a va- a valuable emotion. You know, we can use that. Well, it's because neoliberals sometimes. are more statesmanly. They're more... I don't know. There's definitely a lot of outrage in coming from the neoliberal. Um, Do you mean you know? I don't I w- see them expressing themselves in that way. It's always like. Oh yeah, of course, everybody's yeah. outraged. It's all yeah. like. You well, know. it's in like the NPR, like I'm. Pissed. I'm no? just. It's like I'm just. That quite that is outrage for him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am perturbed by this most I'm recent. Royally pissed. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, wow, you really don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, if you really give a fuck, you'd sound uh-huh. a little different. I could feel it in your voice. That's because you have different value systems. And so in your yeah. value system, you don't feel his anger, but in his, he's expressing it that way. I, I think it's more than that. I think he's actually subdued. Like, um, hmm. I think he's. I think he's been whoever's saying those types of words in place of what they really feel is hmm. on a narcotic, some kind of, it may be like television or something is, you know, preventing him from actually feeling the pain and the anger that he needs to be feeling, that we need to be feeling now. And that's the only reason anybody would talk like that about something that they should be passionate about. If it's your, de- if it's your life's work, you know, you dedicate you, you know, you dedicate your life to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why he's on NPR. He's an expert in it. He should care a little bit. People respond to that. For some reason, we're afraid to Mm -hmm. express ourselves properly. Express yourself. Yeah. There's a Buddhist saying. It says, uh, on the path to enlightenment, anger is actually one step higher than despair. People think in our society that if you're in a state of despair, you know, you're trying, you're doing a good job. And and your, your job, you're just having a hard time. You're just depressed every day. Mm-hmm. If that's good, you're still being a good citizen. Mm-hmm. But the Buddha would teach us otherwise. He would say, it's actually better to be angry than just be sad all day. I mean, the idea is not to be angry anymore. If you're enlightened, right? You, you've, you've, you've been able to yeah. think your way out of that. But anger yeah. is still better. There's a quote from the Yoda that says, hate leads to anger. Anger leads to <laughs> The Yoda. Fear. Wait. Fear? Fear leads to anger. Anger Fear leads, leads to, hate. to the dark hate side. Leads to suffering. Leads to suffering. Suffering leads to the dark side. The dark side. It's true. It can. You don't. You don't need to like revel in rage all the time. But if you feel mm. stifled every time you want to express yourself, there's something wrong. Yeah. And then it, I think ideally people disrespect you enough that when you say something, they they know that you mean it and like they res, you know respect it. 
otherwise it seems like violence is a way to like force respect <laughs> for people who don't respect you when you are trying to communicate something I don't know, we're, 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 yeah. bio, we're programmed to appreciate and respect people's opinions more when they are louder and when they're physically you upping still, their chest still up. still vote for the tallest president. Tall man, and the know? loudest. Look at that. President Trump. Like, everybody loves... Everybody voted for him. Everybody loves Trump. Yeah. Hot take. Yeah, I mean... Everyone voted for Trump. A lot of people obviously don't. Look, he won the popular vote. A lot of people loved him enough. And that yeah. was because... Mm-hmm. It was seen as strong. I them. mean... I did always feel like there's a lot of ritual to the way that they talk, the way that they're supposed to present themselves, yeah. you know, political speak. And I was like, I feel like if a guy just came up and said, like, shucks, mm-hmm. folks, going to keep it real, <laughs> um, yeah. it would probably work. Unfortunately, like, first to market with that brand was Trump. Mm-hmm. But it did work. People wanted an iconoclast. Yeah, I agree. It just seemed really inefficient and really duplicitous in a way. Even someone like Obama... That kind of polished speak. Have you seen the video of Obama in like 2000 something saying that he does not believe in gay marriage? Yeah. He's like by the book like, folks, let me be clear. I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. And you can tell he's doing it kind of out of political necessity. But yeah, you know, he makes the concession of like, but we shouldn't be judgmental and people deserve basic rights. But Mm -hmm. it's still like a little jarring. Yeah. Woke Bay Obama. Right. (laughs) Saying that. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's like an icon on the left almost like blameless and perfect like he was a he was an excellent statesman and he was a great public figure Mm -hmm. but you know his political career was not sparkling he didn't change a lot of things (laughs) and a lot of people will say obviously that's because it's impossible to change things in the position that the government was in at that time as a black man Yeah. yeah I think the indictments against Obama on the right were like a lot of it was just racial panic you know, even if people didn't feel emboldened the way they do these days, to just say that out loud. But there is now like emerging critique of his presidency on the left, where we're starting to identify this sort of brand of politics, neoliberalism, based in identity politics for the most part. It's really comfortable with being in bed with corporate power and corporate wealth. The Overton window is shifted so far to the right. A lot of Democratic candidates have positions that are more centrist than anything. You know, Hillary is a good example. Hillary Clinton. I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. <laughs> She's just one of us. As opposed to, yeah, the polished political Robot. product Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like it's more enlightened to own your emotions and live them in the moment and not double think them or whatever. I think it's good to, like, you know, be conscious of them. But I think if you get too much in your head, you start not living in that little brief window of opportunity which is where life happens and if you double start double thinking you miss that window and you just kind of end up being like a copy of a copy of a copy of, of, of an experience after the fact and you're not really feeling the full the fullness the richness of life in anything you do whether it's happy or anger and i think it's more enlightened to embrace the richness and then learn from your lessons after the fact if you're wrong than it is to be so concerned with being right all the time that you're constantly thinking about everything you're saying before you say it and so you don't you end up with inaction I like it that's that's true true. well that's just where I'm at right now maybe in five years I'll be like (laughs) it's too rich for me it's too rich this life but I've been really (laughs) yeah you worried about money Dan? I don't know it's like Politically and ethically, I want to be part of the dregs of society, and I want to like fight with the downtrodden, but also like mm. 
if somebody with a lot of money wants to be friends, that's cool too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just be okay. friends with everybody. You're going to be with like a sugar mama in five years. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried that. I've tried that already. <laughs> doesn't, feel, doesn't feel right. Uh, I mean... <laughs> I, I, can, I can definitely see... It doesn't feel wrong. It doesn't feel that bad, but... I can definitely see how easy it is for people to sell out. And not in like the old sense of the word sell out. Like, you know, you gotta stay true to your craft. Like nobody mm-hmm. thinks Team like pups that and sets. Team pup right, team pup and sets. Soul yeah. skaters. Soul skaters. Yeah, that whole idea kinda of went out the window now. It used to be like <laughs> if you were a band in an iPhone commercial, you were a sellout. Now it's like Oh, congrats on your new uh syncing deal with everybody. Get Everyone's that hustling. Money. Yeah. Get, that money. get the stacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell about that. Yeah, it's a that's a hard one eighty. Yeah. You're right. That's pretty depressing. Capitalism won. They did win. Mm-hmm. Think <laughs> Sorry, did you want to say Sorry, something? I just like declared it so definitively. They you won! Did. I can't believe it. You heard it here, we folks. Lost the game. The oh. official position of Give it up. Capitalism has won. Like you can't you can't think your way out of capitalism optimistically. Capitalism has to fail miserably. You know, it has to result in a, a Marxist crisis before we can try a new idea. And that's always how it's you been. Think so? you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people don't really even understand economic systems. It just sounds like gibberish. Like they kind of get it in theory mm-hmm. and they get it when someone explains it. Like that's, that's how it was Not for us, me though. for a long time. We understand. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm still confused by like the difference between like, you know, communism and socialism, like a total socialism and like Maoism and. All that stuff. It's still... I don't get it. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, the idea of capitalism as an economic system is, like, hard for people to understand that they live in. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like the fish analogy. Like, they don't understand that they're swimming in water. And they're like, how's the water today? Yeah. And you're like... Yeah, you it's know, hard to imagine yeah. an alternative. Definitely. We're capitalist yeah. natives. Mm-hmm. And, but, but, what we're, but what state we're in right now is no longer the essential, the original role of capitalism we're in a state of hyper capitalism mm-hmm. we're in a Casino state of capitalism. late capitalism late that's capitalism. a term that people like to throw around yeah. and that doesn't yeah. even define the government we're in that's separate like the the definition of capitalism is like you said an economic definition not a not a definition of our government our government would be more like a what's the one called an for? Oligarchy. oligarchy oligarchy yeah 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 there you go that's the word i was thinking of but capitalism is a separate yeah. entity you can have a socialist government and a capitalist structured economy denmark does it yeah. So yeah. people people think that there's that it's, it's either it's the either other. socialism or capitalism, but yeah. you can have both, yeah. and that's one of those. That's why it's hard for people to like. It's mm-hmm. taken me this long, you know, actively. You know, I'm 28. I like to think that I've done some soul soul seeking, <laughs> to even you know soul skating. Soul skating. I'm a soul skater and a soul seeker, <laughs> and I like to think that I have somewhat of an understanding now. But it's taken me. A, I'll be honest. It's taken me a lot of effort, and I think out of necessity. A lot of people are just trying to get by and they don't have the time or the energy and so they just don't understand the system they're in it's something that only the privileged can even afford it is kind like, of a, you I know, can't. it's hard to think outside of the system you're already in like the system provides choices for us already you know do you want this lamborghini or do you want that one or do you want right. this job or this that know? is actually a huge tenet of the, like the sales pitch for capitalism is having a choice yeah, I mean, I've heard it used against the argument for socialized medicine, socialized healthcare. It's like, well, you want to be able to choose your doctor. You want to be able right. to shop around. Like you're going to end up with a homeless guy who's like, you're a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, nobody really does that, though. Nobody really, you just want yeah. an institution that provides 
competent enough doctors and access. You don't have specialized knowledge of medicine. You might like a doctor because they're friendly or whatever. Mm -hmm. My doctor's kind of an asshole, but I kind of like it because he's like a straight shooter. You know, he's oh, got yeah. like literally has no personality. <laughs> oh man, he's born without a personality. Yeah. But I kind of yeah. appreciate it because he's just stoic. Medicine, I feel like, should be kind of stoic. Yeah. You know, there should be should a be certain separated. stoicism. Mm -hmm. You got to be separated from your patients, otherwise you just right. get caregiver burnout. Yeah, right. worn down by. It's a good way of putting it. Caregiver, caregiver burnout. Is yeah, that, that's a that's, that's a the thing that's I'm the sure. phrase. Yeah, that's the term. Caregiver. Have you seen yeah. that? Uh, what? You've worked in caregiving. Oh yeah, definitely. I got it. I experienced it at the mental institution. I tried to yeah to be a good caregiver for my patients. I decided to try to mm -hmm. understand what they were going through, like empathetically, emotionally, mm -hmm. and I got burnt out so fast. Only, I, only I could lasted definitely two see that years happening with you. <laughs> I only lasted two years, and near the end, I real it was when I realized I need to separate myself from these patients. Like, yeah, yeah. I was reading about how like a medicine man in the past would say separate not even live in the same mm -hmm. he'll like, just be tripping balls in his own location tank. yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like a few miles away and then they'd come bring him like food mm -hmm. and stuff and then yeah. he'd take care of them but wait let me turn off that fan mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyway medicine is like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um like the culture of medicine of medical practitioners is kind of a monastic organization it has the same sort of traditions you know you say a weird oath Mm -hmm. You wear a weird robe oh, yeah. that says that you're a doctor. It's like law is kind of the same way, like the way law is practiced. Mm -hmm. Medical school is like one big hazing process. That weird symbol. What's the mm -hmm. the snake going up the thing? <laughs> what is that called? <laughs> oh, I forget. Yeah, it is weird. A, a caduceus. That's staff like carried by Hermes in Greek mythology. What's up with placebos? I've always wondered this. Like a placebo is a sugar pill, right? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you be able to? tell pretty easily that a pill is made of sugar like can you taste that it was a sugar pill it's got a capsule on it that you can't taste through but you could be like, if you crumbled it up would you and taste it would it taste like sugar yeah so when they do these like at home medicine trials you got to figure a Some good number of these people are curious to mm -hmm. see if they got the placebo or the real thing they're crushing them up and tasting them right yeah they, i mean just like in any scientific study they find a way to account for that variable and subtract it out uh -huh. usually what, what you end up finding out is they come up with a lot more variable controls than you ever thought of mm. you know like there's like five more on top of what i could have ever thought of and yeah they come up with that because it's their job it's their livelihood they, they won't the, the article won't even get published if they have any kind of i mean discrepancy what would happen if they did find out that it was sugar what would be the i mean some of these drug trials are like you know if it's like a new cancer treatment and you have these people who, oh you have a kind of cancer that we don't have a cure for but there's this untested trial yeah. if you want to participate in it I, you might yeah. get the real pill or you might get a Skittle. Oh, you know, Take this bottle home and take it twice a week. Okay. you got to figure. In that case, yeah. that would suck, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure um, that they tell them that they might get a Skittle. I think yeah. they, they don't know if they're, I think it's a, a blind study. Like, they don't know if they're, there's a chance that they're going to get it. It's more than so just that, blind. So that brings up also like a Ethics. big ethical issue. Yeah. You're telling yeah. someone that they're being medicated when yeah. they may not be. I'm it's, not sure how that works. But yeah. a lot of the medications they disperse are not at home, right? When, where did you hear about I saw it in Fargo I mean oh, Fargo. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah I thought that you have to come yeah. to the facility and they, they you know and it turns out like within like a majority of the studies they did a meta-analysis of the placebo effect over tons of different medications for tons of different ailments mm -hmm. and they found that the placebo effect accounts for something like 70% of the healing that occurs in an individual if, if a drug is considered to be efficacious or not 
they look at the difference between the control group, like the placebo group and the yeah. medicated yeah. group, it'll be like 70% of them felt an effect yeah. for the placebo and 83% of them, percent of them for the real pill. There, there are the companies that sell placebos that they're completely upfront about the fact that they're placebos. People buy them oh, yeah? because yeah. the act of taking a pill that they're fully aware of is a placebo. What? Feels wow. good. It makes that. them feel like they're getting better. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like boutique placebo companies. Wow. What's funny to me is that people discount it. They, they discount the placebo effect, but 70%, that's a lot. That's yeah, a lot of change. Yeah. You should take advantage of that. Instead of just discounting it, we should be using that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, like, uh-huh. if there's smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire, maybe... There's something to be said about that. About what? About medicine being a little bit... Maybe we shouldn't be following it as blindly, I guess, as mm-hmm. as we currently do. And that was one of the topics I wanted to bring up today was yeah. thinking about drugs as medicine. Mm-hmm. We, we have this view in our culture because of our categories of good and evil. We believe that drugs, like heroin mm-hmm. and weed, cocaine, uh, there are different varying levels of evil. And medicine is... Good. And yeah. a lot of people are realizing now that that's not always the case. It's a more of a spectrum-based mm-hmm. approach to that. When I was trying to quit drinking alcohol, I was told that um, you're drinking the wrong medicine. He didn't say, stop mm-hmm. drinking alcohol, it's evil, like mm-hmm. we do in our culture. Yeah. He, said, he said, that's the wrong medicine. You yeah. can't, and you can't hold two medicines in your hand at the same time. Yeah. If you're going to practice with this medicine, yeah. the Chanupa, yeah. you can't practice with alcohol as a medicine that's interesting. as well. Yeah. And that kind of flipped my, my script on it and it made it a lot easier to quit. Um, yeah. when instead of creating this big demon out of alcohol and That's stuff like cool. that. That's cool, I like that. And yeah, <clears throat> going along the lines of that really quick, there's another doctor who's like an addiction specialist and he said something um, talking about whenever and, you know, someone would come in after a long bout of addiction, like months or years, and he would say like, good job keeping yourself alive that way. Because for a lot of them, the alternative would just be like suicide or something. Oh, wow. You know, so he kind of congratulated them on finding an outlet to keep going. He's a 12 steps kind of guy, so take that for what it is. You know, some people really like it. Some people don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated that a lot. I thought that was a really cool way of, like, looking at it. Not demonizing it. Not giving it more energy is this big, big power. Yeah. I met Heather Matarazzo. She's like that. Yeah. She's like a 90s child actor. She's like the, the dorky friend in Princess Diaries. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I met, I met her at a, a Patreon event in L.A. because she also has a podcast. Who doesn't have a podcast? Yeah, and she kept referring to the medicine. She was talking about ayahuasca, but she kept referring to it as the medicine because <laughs> that's the okay. indigenous term mm-hmm. for ayahuasca. Oh, oh the medicine, not mm-hmm. just medicine. It can mm-hmm. be if you use it right, like any drug. And that's what I think about heroin as well. It came from the, the poppy seed, right? Right, mm-hmm. um, which is if you use it right, the right way, like as a tea, mm-hmm. it can be calming and have analgesic effects. Mm-hmm. But without smoking it or mm, turning yeah. it into this thing, yeah. heroin. I think the same thing could be said it. about sugar and, sh- and how go, bad yeah. sugar Boom. is for you. I take. Boom. Boom. And like, I don't eat sugar. We've done this thing in America. <laughs> it's like our whole conversation has been around this like dichotomy of events. Like violence in movies versus extreme passivity in real life. Like we have these radical polarizations where you, you choose mm. one or the other. And that's kind of like what we're headed to now, I think, with marijuana. Like, we're in the early stages of it. Like, marijuana is a beautiful herb and a plant if you use it the right way. But then you get these people who have this mentality. You get these people who have this mentality of, like, how many dabs can you do? Like, Mm -hmm. I just take this edible that has 
yeah, and yeah. eventually it's going to be a drug. It yeah. actually will be a illegal like rescheduled, reclassified. It might be. Yeah. It might actually earn its current classification <laughs> as a Schedule One substance. You should look it up. Check my facts because I'm I'm pretty sure about this. There's a word that I hear people use now. I think it's heroina. Heroina <laughs> for like the loud. Oh my God, that's, that's what I'm talking now. about. So yeah. we're Weed doing it again. Days, we're doing it again, like we did with coke. We did it with everything else. Mm -hmm. We're doing it again, and I'm watching it happening. I'm sitting back. I'm saying, Can I get some of that chill weed that doesn't freak me out? Yeah, can I get some mids? <laughs> Can I yeah. just come with that, like, like just some basic weed somebody grew in their house? I even, can I get I some weed that resort. was in somebody's butt at some point? <laughs> <laughs> I even had to resort for years to smoking trimmings. Not the bud, it's the leaf of the plant. So it's less potent, full mm -hmm. of THC. Because the plants are so, have been selectively bred to be so hyperpotent these days, mm -hmm. you end up getting, like, virtually the same high that you would have gotten maybe, like, in the 80s in those plants initially when you smoked the buds. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So, so this is the most popular drug of each decade. I'm going to guess weed, coke, ecstasy. Well, which decade do you think is weed? Weed is the 60s and 70s. Yes. yes. And probably uh, also coke the Coke is the 80s. And coke is the 80s. Ecstasy yeah. is the 90s. Yeah, party pills. pills. Yeah, ecstasy yeah, is yeah, the 90s. Yeah. And, and then, then I think heroin. Weed. Now it's heroin. Oh. 70s. Uh, Wayloons is what this says. Oh, but, yeah. Like the Wolf of Wall Street weed, shit. Right, right. 60s, yeah. yeah, you guys guessed every decade right. What about the 50s? <gasps> Alcohol? It's an easy one. Yes! <laughs> oh, nice! nice. <laughs> Post-prohibition. Oh, yeah. Post-prohibition, yeah. Yeah, cool. Nailed it. That's pretty Nailed funny. It. So, but now it's heroin? Yeah, I mean, there's it's gotta there's be. the opioid crisis. It's yeah. got to be heroin. But there's also, like, this whole influx of legalized it's... weed, which is pretty definitive mm. of the era. Mm. But prescription drugs have been the most popular form of drug abuse for a while. There you go. There you go. Medicine is one term. There you go. There you go. Oh. Medicine. Yeah. Put it in you. I think medicine implies like medicine. A, put it in you. Put it in you. I think it also implies like a regularity with which you put it in you, and I think that's good and bad. But I also feel like drugs should also be considered certain drugs like like sacred experiences. Yeah, you know? I but, totally agree. I mean, you need a little bit of um, pageantry with, with anything you take. Like I stop buying boxed wine because it's just way too easy to keep getting another glass of wine. Like, you're getting your oh, wine yeah. the way a middle schooler gets Gatorade at the end of soccer practice. <laughs> there's no... Um, Filling it up. I know what you mean. There's no um, ritual to it. Yeah. You know? the, ritual, yeah. the ritual is the most important part of, like, a lot of these medications. Yeah. Like the peyo yeah. peyote, you can... Or the ayahuasca. Yeah. You can try to do it your own way. Like, go find something like and a just party, put it in your mouth. Partying. I, or yeah, no. you can do it the way it was originally go yeah. yourself in a cave intended. with a <laughs> yeah with a shaman, shaman. he's like, yeah. like it spends shaman. hours preparing you mentally for right. this experience and yeah then, you know it's has such, this whole so procedure. different it's so different i like it sounds like a nightmare to take ecstasy and go to like a show like a oh, like God. a like yeah. a concert which is what's it's supposed terrible. to be like the norm i know some people must like you know, get that but to me that's just i could it seems really unhealthy for me even, I can't even imagine doing that. There's a tribe in Af in South in South America who uses alcohol, kind of like what you're describing, like uh, as a medicine. They use like once every year, like very extremely infrequently. They get they get this person, and it's not always once every year. I think it's like a coming of age thing. They get this mm. person like extremely drunk, mm. and then they have this dance and this uh, these. Um, you have to like. Um, the way I read about it, you have to try and figure out what the spiritual leader is saying to you, but he's kind of mumbling, not quite saying it quite clearly, and you have to like get Gosh. better. So it forces you to have to be able to like listen more closely, and to like try and figure out what he's saying. Yeah. And until you figure it out, you got to keep dancing, and you're, it's hard to dance because you're drunk, right? You're extremely wasted, right? And so. <laughs> 
But uh, for lack of a better word, because the word they're using is probably something a little bit more sacred, spiritual, you know, because it, it's probably something along the lines of like spirited, like, uh, like you know, hindered or something like that. Or, like maybe you're, the, the drug is supposed to alter your brain in such a way that if you can find out who you are in the midst of all that and learn to be a better listener in the midst of all that, okay, you can use that medicine in an appropriate way. So it's really the ritual that's doing the healing. It's not really the yeah. medicine at, as much as the yeah. medicine does about 10% of the job. And that's what my psychiatrist told me back in uh, high school. He said, whatever med I give you, it's only going to do about 10% of the work. Mm. The rest of it is you, no matter what med it is. The rest of it is you. If you're trying to get out of depression or trying mm -hmm. to be happy or live a successful life, or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know? It's yeah. Doctor. Well, well, starting days wearing off. <laughs> Late for that day. I'm like, yeah, I'm my day. Sick. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> First ever in person. First ever, all three of us in person. Remembering to hit the record button. We did it this time. Oh shit! Wait. Hey, baby, nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel.